We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, LightYears listeners? We're excited to invite you to the official LightYears slash Warriors World Draft Party, July 29th at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco. Our first official show post-pandemic, food, drinks, real-time draft analysis, Q&As, special guests, free merch giveaways. And remember, your first drink is on us with a ticket purchase. We are excited and can't wait to see you there. Info to purchase tickets can be found on our social feeds and official LightYears link tree. Welcome to Light Ears. Uh, we have a special guest this week. We are knee deep in the middle of draft season. And with that, we've brought on Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report, lead draft analyst. John, how you doing, man? Good. What's up, guys? Uh, you know, just getting very hyped over this draft right now. So I, I kind of wanted to start with one, one thing here. Um, how much are you putting stock into Detroit actually trading the number one pick and trading right away. Kate Cunningham? Right away, Sam. Right to it. I mean, <laughs> we do this shit every single year. Like, <laughs> okay. this is the part of the cycle. Uh, of of course, this was going to come. This was going to be brought up at some point before the before the draft, and you know, it's going to be Jalen Green's a favorite. It's going to be Evan Mobley. It's going to be they're going to trade the pick, and then it's all going to cycle back and circle back to Cade Cunningham. And then we're all going to move on with our lives. All right. So you're not you're not putting too much stock into it. I shouldn't I bet mean, on the Warriors trading up to one. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's it's. I would never say never. It depends what people are offering. Um, and you know, you don't know like how much Detroit really values Cade Cunningham. Like, what if Detroit thinks that Evan Mobley is a better prospect, which is possible. I mean, it's it's unlikely, but it's possible. Then, obviously, that creates more of a of a chance for something to happen. But it's tough to to know exactly how everybody values a for like how Detroit right. values Cade, how other teams value their own players in a deal, how how much they think Cade is going to be like the next Luca. Like there's so many moving parts to sure. a potential deal, and I just you know it, it just seems like too many things have to go right for it for a trade to actually go down. It's oh. just it's just perfect internet fodder, but probably yeah. not that realistic. I mean, perfect for <laughs> Warriors fans. How, how closely do you put Jalen Green and Mobley in with Cade? It is like Cade doesn't he doesn't seem like 
from what I'm reading from your draft and stuff like that, it's just not, it doesn't seem like he's the numbered, like for sure, for sure top. It sounds like Jalen Green is very, very right up there too. Same with Mobley. Um, it's not a, it's not a Trevor Lawrence situation, I guess, with, with the football where he was the number one guy. There's no chance anybody's going one, I guess. Yeah. How, I mean, how greatly? Uh, I think that there's like a little bit of hesitation. Um, he was, you know, he shot 46% inside the arc this year, which is like the lowest of any number one overall pick in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. And so some of the inefficiency and is a little concerning for a guy who's number one with two really good options at two and three. Um, And I think everyone just knows Jalen Green's going to be like, like a 25 point score. I guess the question with Jalen is like, is it going to be a good 25 or is it going to be the type of 25 where there's a lot of, you know, the ball sticks and he takes a lot of bad shots and he gets to 25, but he does it inefficiently and his team loses. The Andrew Wiggins 20. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, I, he's he's better than Wiggins. Right. So there's no doubt. <laughs> you know, coming in terms of shot making and creating his own shot, like he's on another level with his skills compared to Wiggins. Um, and then Mobley, like Mobley, if Mobley was the best player from this draft, it wouldn't be totally shocking. But I think before the draft, there's just a, a tad more risk tied to like his slender 210 pound frame. And right. so I, I just think there's just like a little bit of work, like if we find out in two years he puts on puts on weight and like physicality isn't a problem, then we might look back and say, man, how did we not see this coming that Mobley was so good. But with Cave, there's just like, there's obvious upside and there's just no risk. He's 6'8", 220, unbelievably skilled, both as a ball handler and a passer. And he shot better than anybody expected. He graded as the best isolation score among top three picks that I found, in my, you know, since Synergy was around. So uh, the ability to create his own shot, make shots, pass. I mean, he's just a full package. I guess the question with Cade is, um, you know, athletically, how much is, how much is his lack of explosiveness going to hold him back from being an efficient scorer? Yeah, so, so it seems like there's kind of a top six in this draft. And then, um, you know, seven to 14 changes on a daily basis, depending on, you know, your preference and your flavor. Sure. Uh, before we get to kind of seven to one of the Warriors pick, I want to talk about kind of uh, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kuminga, Scotty yeah. Barnes. Do you see any of them falling to seven? Um, No. Okay. I, 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 I can't, I can't right now, honestly. I, I mean, Kuminga, like I could see Kuminga, somebody, I could see Kuminga going top four, you know, Toronto mm-hmm. could fall in love with Kuminga. Like I, um, but I guess he's the, he's the most likely to slip because there's just the least amount of information on him. And he only played 13 games in the G league and shot 24% from three and 62% from the line and as many turnovers assists. And, and it, it's possible that he, he didn't slips. play a lot in high school, did he? Cause of injuries, no, right. He okay. didn't play a lot in high school. He missed like big camps that NBA scouts, uh, went to see him at. And so Scouts had little information on him coming into the year. And yeah, the 13 games in the G League was, was good to watch. And he did some good things. And you could see the obvious upside tied to a guy who's like 6'8", 220, who can you know, create his own shot and, and hit threes and stuff. But he doesn't do anything else. Like if he's not a star scorer, then he's a bust, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't do, he doesn't, he's not a passer. I'm not buying that he's going to be like an impact defender. Like he has to be a hmm. A great score and if he's not a great score then he's going to be a bust relative to where he's going to be picked in the draft just just thought of this is there less information on him than there was on like james wiseman 
coming out because Wiseman also hadn't played a ton of basketball. But if I remember correctly, he at least played at uh, most of those bigger camps. Yeah, there's definitely less information on Kaminga. Wiseman played in all the in all the major or most of the major scouting showcase events that NBA personnel were allowed to attend. Kaminga didn't play in anything. And then oh, wow. COVID shut down, sure. know, canceled the McDonald's game and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely scouts had a lot more tape and live experience watching Wiseman than they did with Kaminga. I wonder, I wonder if he falls with the Warriors just go, eh, where do you have a guy that we that's, – that's the one where it's like, I don't even know if the Warriors go with that one. I guess they can't pass it up, but – I don't think they'd pass him up if he – Yeah, right? You kind of can't. Even right? though he's kinda, pretty much the opposite of what they want. I just Exactly, but yeah. – he really Jonathan, is. Not, you think you think they could? They couldn't pass that up if he falls. I, I don't know. I mean, it really depends on, and this goes to like, you know, fit first talent. Like talent-wise, yeah, he'd be tough to pass up, but he is just not what they need. I mean, he's he's not a guy who's who's like an off-ball scorer. Like the, the biggest concern with, with Kaminga is that the ball sticks to his hands and he takes a long time to get into his move. And the four other guys kind of stand around watching him. And sometimes he pulls off the move. But when he doesn't, it's a bad look because it's like, you know, he just Steve's the ball favorite. sticks. Another, oh, James, another James Wiseman. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, it just sounds like a long-term project is what he is, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, he's not going to come in and be an efficient scorer. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a couple of years for him to figure out how to get his buckets efficiently within the flow of an offense. Got, is there, so I kind of just assumed OKC – or Toronto would be enamored by him just because mm-hmm. like, it's hard for me to think of two teams who value like athleticism length and like bank on their ability to develop more than those two teams. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. That's now, now you're making me wonder if he will fall. I guess if he does fall, who would you say is the most likely player to jump into that top six? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty, well, Scotty Barnes, are we, we're saying that he is top six. I mean, yeah. Barnes yeah. is like, like he's one of those guys who he doesn't have that traditional upside, you know, like sure. you look at Barnes and like, there are obviously a lot of questions about his shooting and scoring and how could you be a star if you can't shoot a score, but his is just different. And he's so likable. And he's just a guy that everyone's going to love when they interview him. And like, there's, he's just like a guaranteed asset to your organization and you'll take the chances of maybe he's not a star, but he could be like that star role player who has a, a, just a huge impact on your locker room and your team and all that stuff. And if, if, a, if, you know, a number five overall, if you're not convinced that Kaminga is going to be a 25 point score, um, then you take a guy like Barnes, who, again, just, you know, is going to be an asset. And if you value character and all that stuff, like he's just going to be an easy pick as a defensive guy, a passer. Um, he just can't really hurt you in any way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get to the let's get to the good stuff now. The war, the Warriors at number seven. So they've got the pick that's after the top two tiers. Um, Davion Mitchell seems like they love him. Warriors fans, I don't know, uh, but sounds like he's the guy. And then there's Book Knight, and then there's a bunch of wings like Moody, Giddy, and Wagner. Right? It sounds like those are the big names. I see Kai Jones, and it seems like they're going to pick him. There, you have Wiseman. So. Where, where, what, what are the Warriors looking for? And kind of, are they going to go with the guy that they think is going to be ready right now, which seems like Davion, or the guy that's a little bit less that than what they usually like, which is more like Book Knight? Well, I'll what say this. Think? I'll say this. I know that there are reports that the Warriors like Davion, but from people I know, not everybody likes him there. And I know that people there, not everybody thinks of him as a top 10 pick. Now, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't take him at seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, part of this whole pre-draft process and just like there's so many guys in the front office and 10 of them could not like Davion, but the one important guy could, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So I'm or, telling you, or I the one guy who talks to random media source to get it out there could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't think Davion's a lock. I'm not, I'm, in fact, I haven't put him, I haven't put him to the right. warriors at all. Right. Um, right. In my mocks. Um, you might be the only, <laughs> you might be one of the few, you might be one of the few. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but from the people I talk to that not every, I know, I know for a fact, not everybody in the organization thinks that he's a good pick at seven. That doesn't mean that they won't take him, but, um, but then, right. So like, you know, you tell me, what are they looking for? I mean, um, I I put book night there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that I put book night there for the fact that I think after the top six, he's like the the sexiest name left in terms of guys with star potential. And like, I think teams are just kind of drawn to, athletic guards who can create their own shot. And then you see guys like Mitchell and Booker in the playoffs. Um, and, and you kind of want a guy like that. And of all the guys left, Book Knight has the best chance of being that guy. Um, and and just, I guess, for Golden State, in my mind, like they could use another, just a guy who can create his own shot, right? Another guy who can score against a, a set defense and uh, take some pressure off Steph. And so in my mind, he, he makes sense as both a guy, a guy with the most star power left and somebody that Golden State could use to generate offense. Can, can he actually shoot? I think he can. I'm not. I, okay. I really don't put much stock into the numbers. Like, okay. if you were to watch him for the first time, you'd be shocked at the numbers. At the, I mean, you have no idea that he was. I don't even remember what the numbers were because I totally blocked it out of my mind. But <laughs> the eye test on his shot looks much better than the numbers. And his not that pro days matter because everyone shoots well in pro days, but his was like especially impressive, and. Uh, I guess the one thing with him is catch his catch and shoot game, which I guess is important for Golden State, was was not great. But he didn't take many catch and shoots because he was the guy with the ball so often, and so you know he just didn't have the opportunity to build mm-hmm. rhythm as a catch and shoot guy. But I, I'm I'm not totally concerned. I have more concerns about Book Knight than the shot. I um so the way you're describing Book Knight shooting and um it's consistent with anyone else I talk to. Reminds me a lot of Anthony Edwards the year prior where he also shot like 29 or 30% from three. 
And, uh, you know, it was mostly because he played with a terrible team where he had to have the ball in his hand and take a lot of like end of shot clock bailout shots. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what we're talking about with, with book night here? And how do you compare them as shooters? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good comparison. I think Edwards was more, um, comfortable and confident from deep. Like he's the type of guy who'll just dribble down the floor and launch one uh, from 30 feet confidently. And, and he's just so strong. It just came off his fingertips pretty effortlessly from, from, you know, logo range. Right. Book night is a little more like methodical with where he picks a spot and where to shoot. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar, they're similar, like they're shot makers, like they're not shooters, they're shot makers and, and they'll never shoot. Either of them are ever going to be like 40% three point guys, but they don't have to be as, as long as they make enough of them. And they can hurt you in other ways, you know, like Luca. Like, what is what a Luca shoot? Like thirty-two percent from yeah, three. I mean, I don't even, it, yeah. I'm not so concerned about the the percentage with him. Like, they can make shots, and if they make them in the right spots, that's kind of what's important to me. It, I I think I know your answer to this one, but what are your actual concerns with Book Knight? <laughs> his vision is is just like seeing what's going on around him. Sometimes he's got tunnel vision, and he'll 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 drive uh, into traffic and he won't see like wide open shooters next to him. Um, I know some scouts are like um, he had so much of a scoring workload, but he could be a better playmaker. I'm not actually buying him as a playmaker at all. I just think he's a scorer. I think that's like his role. That's his job. He's, I wouldn't even consider him a combo. I just think he's a scoring two guard, like a, like a Jordan Clarkson type. Um, And, and so there's this little margin for error with guys like that. Like they have to be consistently good scores. Um, if not right. based on their shot selection and the fact that they can't make guys around them better, uh, a bad game for them can hurt your team. It, upside scoring wise, is there anyone better than book Knight in this draft outside of Jalen green? Um, I guess Cade. Yeah, yeah, definitely Cade. But I guess the next guy that comes to mind would be book Knight, And that's why, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after and Kaminga too. I mean, Kaminga has huge scoring potential. Like he could be a big time. It's going to be tough to guard him. I mean, he's got like Jalen Green's body, but a little more. You know, he's not as explosive as Green was. Um, but I think coming in, you could say he's arguably a little more skilled with creating his own shot. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say Kaminga has a, has put Kaminga and Book Knight in the same category of scoring potential. God, it'd be hard to see the Warriors pass that up. It, it would be. It would be. And and I guess I guess Davion is the next name up. And uh, I don't know. So it's, defensively, he seems to be a monster. Offensively, he's a little bit smaller. But you you have him as improved creation, like playmaking, all of that. He did look good kind of yeah. shooting the ball last season. Donovan Mitchell comparisons are easy to make. <laughs> like, what do you do you really think he gets there in terms of a, a, a playmaker? Maybe not Donnie Mitchell, but but something a little bit less. No, I don't. I, and I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out like what type of guard I picture in the NBA. It's certainly not a Donovan Mitchell type. Like he did, he wasn't, a, he had some nice scoring outbursts at Baylor, but I think like per 40 minutes, it was only 16 points a game, 16 mm. points for 40 minutes. Mm. Um, he's, he's, you know, he could do a little bit of everything. Um, I, I don't know what his bankable, like he's not a lead guard. He doesn't, he's not the greatest decision maker. I can't picture Six him foot as like, Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's a big the extra f- three five inches. Yeah. wingspan. Right, he's six four wingspan. Marcus Smart six nine wingspan. Which I think defensively, I mean, I think we 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 overestimate his defensive potential. Like, yeah, we get excited because he's pesky and he's quick, and he and he gives guys problems. 
Um, but college point guards are like so different from NBA point guards. And it, right. you measured six feet in socks. Like how much upside, how much defensive upside can you have if you're six feet in socks? Like there's, there's one Patrick Beverly. Um, so he could be Chris Paul. I guess. Maybe he could be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he's just like nowhere even All close. Timer, right. Offensively. And, um, I, you know, I, I think he's, a, I, I picture him as a good role player, but I just don't see the star potential with him, particularly throwing the fact that he'll be a 23 year old rookie and the history of 23 year olds taken in the lottery. Not that they're total bus, but like none of them turn out to be stars. And, and you know, Obi Toppin was another guy like who we, who looked like he was going to be a star out of college. Um, and, you know, we found out that he probably dominated a lot because he's just physically advanced. bigger and older. Yeah. It does feel to me like the Davion to Golden State at seven talk is a bit of a smokescreen, like the Warriors wanting to hide who of uh, Book Knight, Franz Wagner, I don't know, Mos- whoever it is. They don't want people to know they like that player because they don't want someone trading above them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Kerr loving Davion Mitchell is a highly believable like smokescreen too. So I do think that's part of it. Um, one player we haven't talked about who I've seen uh, in your mocks and other mocks kind of in that five to 10 range uh, is Keon Johnson. I'm not super familiar with him, to be honest with you, like of the top 15 prospects um, outside of the international ones, I probably saw the least of him in college. Uh, can you kind of talk us through who he is as a prospect? He's uh, just like very impressive physically and athletically and skill wise. He's just got a lot, a lot of catching up to do. And so um, he's not going to be a productive guy early in his career. And you just have to accept that if you're going to take him, you're buying long-term potential. And honestly, to me, the selling point is his floor. Like you just, he's a guy who just plays hard. Um, He'll get you easy baskets in the open floor. He'll defend with intensity um, and, and that's what you can expect from him the next probably couple years. You have to hope that his shot comes around and, and his ball handling gets better, but like he's nowhere close to being a guy you can put in ball screen situations next year or, or let take a shot at the end of the clock. Um, so he, he's, he's young. He, he's gotten a lot better, you know, late in his high school career. So the trajectory is, you know, going up, but uh, he's, he's a project and, for a Golden State team, I don't, I don't see the appeal, honestly. Makes sense. He's, he's like the least talked about one. Yeah, that, that's, that's also probably that... why we've never heard him really mentioned to the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't like. He's not like a spot up shooter at all, and um, he's really just a guy who finds a way to you know pick his spots to score, but you know without handling the ball. You know, he just is opportun- opportunistic, but uh, his skill level is just really lagging compared to the other guys. Uh, who are going to be in the in the Warriors range. I have, uh, by the way, 11, 12, 13, and 14 that you have in a role. Uh, seems like they could all be Warriors guys at 14. Moses Moody, Josh Giddy, Franz Wagner, Corey Kispert. Those yeah. look like, like those four guys, it feels like the Warriors are going to be happy with all four. Uh, did you rank those guys in terms of who you think is going to be best to? Is that is that how it is? Not Not so much fit for each team? I mean, when it comes to these mock drafts, I, I really try and go based on just what I'm hearing um, in terms of like how much love there is for each guy. And then, you know, you factor in fit also. Um, I love, I, if it was me, if I was controlling the Warriors, I would take Franz Wagner at seven. I mean, I think he's A, in that mix of talent, the best player available. Oh. And I think he's the best fit for that group. Um, Moody also is tough to argue against. Uh, I don't see 
a ton of upside. Um, that's maybe some others I've seen uh, think about Moody, but I think he's like just your classic three and D wing and, and just a very safe pick and, and an easy plug and play guy for Golden State. But Wagner to me is just, he reminds me, I, and, and Sam, you said it earlier on Twitter, like he's Nick Batum. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, that's to me, like, that's such a perfect comparison. I actually wanted you to uh, elaborate a little on his game because I would say of the players in the seven to 14 range, he's the one we've got most pushback on mostly because most warrior fans uh, experience watching him was, you know, the terrible tournament game against UCLA. Right? Dude, every time, every time I put him to a new team, their team is like, not Franz Wagner. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Like he's good. He's he had played one crappy game and it was happened to be, you know, the last game, the NCAA tournament, but he was consistent and he's, He's listed at 6'9". I hear he's like 6'11". I hear he's like much bigger. He's really um, just up close, just like a huge dude. And he's really a small forward. I mean, you could play power forward, which is have his advantages at that position. But his skill set, I mean, he is a a pick-and-roll passer. He's a spot-up shooter. You can't close out, you know, too hard because he'll blow by a very slick slasher. Um, And he's a you know, top three in the country and in, in defensive box minus like an impact defender who wow. can really guard three positions on the floor, two, three, and four uh, smart, competitive, still 19 years old, unbelievable experience, both in Michigan and overseas. Uh, like uh, to me, he's just such a no brainer lottery pick and, and wow. for a team that already has weapons, like plug him in and, and his, his versatility of both ends is just, he's going to be such an easy fit. I do think uh, the the youth factor plus experience is underrated. Um, you don't find a lot of guys who've played two years of college and pro internationally at the age of 19. No. He's, he's, well, I mean, he'll turn 20 before the season starts, but like, it's, uh, it, it's like the perfect confluence of experience, but upside, right? They're, they're well, Warriors fans probably aren't going to be, I mean, they're probably like, well, we got Mike Dunleavy again, but I get, I think that that's, I think that's, yeah, that's wow. But the way you explain them, that is a guy that that's, that the Warriors probably love. I mean, Steve Kerr probably loves. Yeah. If they're going to factor, if they're going to factor in fit, which I guess they didn't do with Wiseman, if they're going to like learn from a mistake, then, then Wagner is, is like the guy to me. Is but there, I wonder if they think that they can get him at 14. I don't, I don't think he'll last on 14, but uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who they, who they think is going to drop and, and how they value these different guys at seven versus 14. That's like every player here where I'm not convinced I would want to take them at seven, but I don't think they'll last to 14. Right. Um, it, that brings up uh, kind of my next question, which was, are there any sleepers that we are, not discussing who maybe are more in that 14 pick range who might end up having higher upside. I mean, you, you said book night probably has the highest uh, upside or like just kind of star potential outside of the top six. Is there anyone in that like middle of the draft range that we're not talking about who could really pop? Cause there's usually one guy every year. Two guys stand out to me. I mean, Jalen Johnson, um, you know, he didn't really help himself with the decision to leave Duke early. Uh, only because there were so many questions coming in and the fact that he changed high schools three times, right. he left IMG without playing a game. I heard he was kicked out for something that we don't know what, but it wasn't like smoking weed. It was something had to be something worse. Um, and, and he just has like a bad reputation. And so it didn't, it didn't help his reputation to just dip out early. However, I think he's damn good. I think he's a really impressive NBA talent. 
And I, you know, I don't know if the character concerns are really going to like play a role in his NBA career and like bring down his value and, and hurt a team or anything like that. But if they're overblown, then to me, he's a top 10 pick and he's probably not going to go top 10 from what I'm hearing. There's just too many questions and teams just don't want anything to do, uh, do with these character concerns. Um, like I had, I talked to a scout who didn't have him first round. He's just like, I just don't want any part of Jalen Johnson. Uh, and then another guy who I, to, who loved Jalen Johnson, but just really is just doesn't have that confidence that, that they can trust him um, with, with a lottery pick. But uh, I think he's basketball wise, six nine, two twenty, open floor ball handler, great passer for his position. Even without a shot, he just finds ways to kind of score in the paint, uh, off cuts, off offensive rebounds. He's going to be able to guard a couple of positions. All he has to do is just become threatening enough, you know, from outside as as a cat and shoot guy. He was eight of eighteen from three. Like he doesn't look totally broken out there. Um, but but to me, to get a guy like him in a late lottery, I think is good value. And then Josh Giddy, who um, I like Josh Giddy, another just safe pick. I've compared him to like a taller Ricky Rubio. I just think he's a guy who's going to find a way to fit in, make good decisions. I don't know if he's a superstar in the NBA the way he was considered in the NBA NBL. But again, another guy I'm hearing is like six ten in sneakers, which he really looks that. Um, and just his ba- like with that size and height and his basketball IQ and passing and ball handling, like there's no way that his facilitating isn't going to translate. I don't know if he'll ever average more than 12 points a game, but he's going to make guys around him better. He's going to make good decisions. He's going to find a way to fit in easily. So I, I really like Giddy too. Yeah, that's a guy at 14 that that would be perfect. Just, I mean, because Jalen Johnson is a guy that I think he's off the Warriors board. I mean, I, I, I would take a gamble on it, especially if you have two lottery picks, but you're the Warriors. You're probably traditionally, tossing that name out. Traditionally, they have shied away <laughs> from character concerns. Um, Which is, I, I mean, fair at the same time. So, yeah, maybe. You kind of um, can't. But, I, mean, uh, I mean, but but what I was going to say is their last couple of drafts also kind of have indicated they're willing to go in different directions on the character front, but like, yeah, like, uh, like play style front, like Jonathan said, like Wiseman's not a warrior type of player. Oh. Uh, and neither was Jordan Poole, yeah. to be honest. Both of those are, um, front office reaching on what they perceive as highest talent over any sort of fit that the coaching staff would, because they hit on pool, I guess, I guess, I yeah. guess they hit on pool. So, and, and book night seems like a, if you, if that's the guy, a better version of that. Exactly. Yeah. I think his, his inability to, if, if he is, if he has a serious tunnel vision, that's going to be something that drives Steve Kerr insane. Um, but you know, I, I also don't know what rookie wouldn't drive Steve Kerr insane. That's just kind of par for the course. Um, what about Trey Murphy? I've seen him as kind of a guy who's really risen up mock draft boards like he's basically in that like 14 to 20 range on pretty much every mock these days if you were to, if you'd ask me like who's a sleeper pick that, that would surprise people that the warriors took at 14 it would be murphy oh he's just uh i talked to scout the other day i was like do you think murphy's going first round he goes absolutely he's probably 15 20 range i mean that's just and and as that perception changes like teams drafting earlier We'll hear that like, up, right. like interest like is contagious you know like when yeah. you hear a bunch of other teams like him you start to think like well maybe i should like him too um and so he's he's another guy who's just a guaranteed bro i honestly don't see a ton of upside with him but 14th pick if you're just looking for a specific type of guy like he he just 
fits exactly what like there's no way in hell he can't be a good three and D player or not a useful three and D player and 43% from three 92% from the free throw line at six foot nine, his defensive mobility, like he's, there's going to be no problems guarding wings. There's just no way that, that he, that he can't stick around the NBA for 15 years by being a catch and shoot guy, uh, a good finisher who, you know, picks his spots to, to attack closeouts and straight sure. lines and guards guards his position adequately enough. Like there's no way that he can't do that. Interesting. I could see that. And that makes total sense around 14 because honestly at 14, you're just kind of hoping to get an NBA get a pro. Get a pro. Yeah, exactly. Like if you swing for upside at number seven, sure. Then you, then you just get a pro. At get a Cam Johnson, you know, although, although he's like, playing out of his mind, but get a Cam Johnson back. Yeah. There. Like Kispert. Like I'm, I'm, I'm picturing Kispert as another Cam Johnson. I would be happy with Kispert. I don't know if Sam is going to be happy. I would be happy with that's a, that's a guy who looks like he could shoot 38% from three for a long time in the NBA. Yeah. That might, know. that just might be all he does. That's okay. Yeah, and that, that's like, that's cool for if you need 18, 20 minutes in the regular season, right? He's not playing in the postseason, but you, can, you don't get always what you want. Especially was, when you're Kispert, Kispert ranked first in the nation in points per possession as a transition player, which I think is, is a nice little stat there. Like he'll capitalize on those open floor opportunities. He's, he's strong. He's got like a good body control around the basket. So between those few opportunities, those like leak out opportunities, yeah, or, or just flare out to the corners, which the Warriors Dray- love to do in, gonna in, love in, in the fast break. Yeah, right. Just don't count on any plus defense, any off the dribble <laughs> stuff. It's just <laughs> he's got like two jobs, and it's to catch and shoot and and finish his opportunities in the open floor. Yeah. Every every team needs a couple of those guys, though. Okay. We're we're we've we've learned that it's hard to get away with just having one guy who can do that. Um, yeah. Is there anyone else who is there anyone we haven't talked about who you think could seriously be in play for the Warriors at either seven or 14? No, I mean, I can't really see. I mean, Sharif Cooper is probably not a Warrior player. Yeah. Duar- he, Duarte's old, could be yeah. someone that they like. So that was, that was the guy who I would mention. Chris Duarte yeah. would be, if I'm, if I'm going down the list of guys in the 15 to 30s who has a chance to go 14, I mean, Duarte makes sense as, as another plug and play guy. Um, I mean, his numbers were ridiculous, like across the board, like 90th percentile in pick and roll ball handling, isolation scoring, off screen shooting, uh, spot of play. Like he was, he was unbelievably good. He's already 24 years old today. Um, but, uh, but again, if you're looking for a pro, he's six, six, he's tough as hell. He'll, are you, are you buying his ability to create a shot in the pros? Cause I, I mean, I saw those numbers, but just based on what I saw on, Maybe I'm just projecting the age thing. I'm like, this guy's not going to be someone who does anything off the dribble in the NBA. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, like, depends on his minutes and the opportunities he gets. Like, you know, he'll hit him, but it's not good. They're not going to like, he's not going to be like a featured guy yeah. in your offense. You know, you're not running ISOs from at the top of the key. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, he can, you know, hit like the escape dribble three. And like, occasionally when he's, when he's got some confidence and, 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 and space and, and it's the right time of game. He'll just step back, you know, but he's not going to be like the top three option in your offense. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, Andy, is there any other questions? We went through like 25 players. The Warriors could draft. I'm so I mean, that's, excited. That's I perfect. It. It's it, I love draft season. It's just, it's so fun. It's all hope at this point. You're comparing everyone to like their most outlandish best case comps. So well, we had Jonathan just, last season talking about Chris Bosch and Wiseman. So I'm ready to ready to do the same shit again with Book Knight and uh, I don't know some high upside guy at 14. So we appreciate your time, sir. Right, as always, man. Thank right. you. Appreciate yep. you, Jonathan. All right, take care, guys.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.